0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are and wherever you're listening from. We're so glad you're with us today. We've got another great show as always. We're just gonna take a second breathe it all in because you know, this is a fantastic time of year. we got about 14 inches of snow outside. It's just delightful. You're probably someplace warm and you think it's snow. Well, that's the way it is. But we are going to be talking about video editing today. Now, this year, 2020, we've kind of set out with this mindset that we are going to make 2020 the year of video for you and for me, not, you know, they say this for the last five years, year of video. Right. And but this is year you can embrace it and own it. We're leaning into the principle of one percent better every day. We talk about leveling up in the show at the end. Always, you know, whether you're making images or videos, you want to level up. Right. So I want to step back, though, a little bit, because I think what can happen in the video editing process, we can talk about things like cuts, which we did a couple weeks ago. Go check out that episode. But we can talk about the kind of the minutia, the little things that we might lose sight of the big picture planning. And I wanna talk about that and why it's so important. We'll go through some kind of the processes. And I'll I'll just lay out there now that as you're going through this, you might say, well, that's not the way I like to do it, Matt. Or I think it would be better if I did X before Y. And I just wanna say, that's great. If you have a workflow that works for you, keep it and obviously see if you can make it better, keep getting better and better with it. But what I'm hoping is, is that if you haven't stopped to take time to step back and say, what is my workflow? Is this the workflow that's going to give me the kind of most advantage to being effective, to being efficient, to getting the job done and making it look good and sound good and all that, then we really want to, just take some time to think about that. And I think it's a great time of the year. You know, we just had Groundhog's Day here in the United States. We're, we're thinking about things that, you know, like the movie, things repeating. And so video editing process is ever repeating. So we're gonna we're gonna take a look at that. And so come along on this journey with me. And if you are with us live today, and we know for folks listening to podcasts, you, you don't have a direct way to do this, but if you're listening live, feel free to ask questions. Jesse, all as always, is in the chat monitoring today. But if you're listening to the podcast or watching this after the live event, feel free to email us, thevisuallounge at TechSmith.com or tag us on social media at TechSmith. We're on, we're basically on all the the main platforms. And if you're on Instagram, you can see some of our stuff there, but check out TechSmith's new Instagram. We've got some reels going on. We've got uh, Katie from our, our video team been making some really cool things there, putting her editing skills to the test, learning how to edit for new medium. So let's dive into today's show. And guys, it's been a busy week, but we've got a PowerPoint. Oh, look at this. We got slides. So these slides are available. Uh, we've got a Dropbox link that, uh, for anyone that wants them. We'll put them in the show notes and things like that. These are pretty high level, just kind of the guide, the document. If you're listening on the audio, it's not going to be if too, too much to, you know, if you don't see it. So first and foremost, we're gonna go high level, kind of the big picture overview process, and we're gonna dive into post-production, specifically the editing process, but I think it's good just to review. If you're making videos, whatever you're doing, I I think it's helpful to have a preparation step, right? So you're thinking about, what is this content? Who is my audience? And in, in video creation, it's gonna be writing scripts, it's gonna be storyboarding, you're gonna be, maybe if you're having multiple people you're casting, who is that person gonna be that's on camera? You're going to be scheduling all the bits and pieces and parts and locations. You're going to be thinking about props because props are important in your videos. Like what's behind you? What are you showing? What are you not showing? Uh, Good good filmmakers are thinking about those things and they usually have meaning. Sometimes it's just what's in your office. Uh, You've got your locations, you've got your sets. All these things have to be considered and that's just a preparation phase, right? So you're going to think about that uh, kind of just first things first. The next thing though, is then that creation starts to happen. So you've planned it all out. And then you're gonna start, if you're using camera video in particular, you've got your lighting to worry about. How are you gonna record this? Do you have one microphone, two microphones? Is it a lapel? Is it a a boom mic? How are you gonna handle all those things? You gotta start thinking about camera, or I should say cameras, depending on what you're doing. This is where if you're using Camtasia and you're doing screen recording, we're gonna record our, you know, you've got, Probably your script, and you're going to go through and say, "Yep, I need this, I need this, I need this." Some people are recording at the same time. I'm a pre- I prefer to record my audio and then build my screen recording uh, based on that. And you're going to also gather assets. So maybe you got music files, you got intros and outros, you've got graphics, B-roll, you've got all these things. So kind of easy process preparation. You shoot and produce. And then, and we'll talk about this one in more depth, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it yet, but post-production, there's a whole list of things we're going to talk about, and in order to do it, an order that I'm recommending. uh, And this is not, again, not the end-all be-all recommendation, but we've got all these things. Again, we'll talk about this one in more depth, so let me get to the end, though. Once we produced our video, we've gone through post-production, we've edited, we cut it up, we... Uh, did all the things to it to make it look and sound the way that you want. There's always, don't forget the distribution phase. All the stages leading up to distribution are worthless if you don't distribute it. So what does this mean? Probably have to post it someplace. Is it gonna live on YouTube? Is it gonna live in Vimeo? Is it gonna live uh, on your website? Where is it going to be so people can see it? You probably then start thinking about sharing it. Is there other people in your organization that need to see it? Is it, you know, for instance, let's say you're making a training video and you want your, cu- maybe you're teaching your customers how to use your software as much as we do, right? Like we put it on our website, then we might put it in our social media. So we want to start thinking about it. Even internally, if you're sharing it from like a instructional designer, I created a video, it's a learning course for my company, start thinking about marketing it. How do I get it so people want to see it? I got to share it with them, but then I got to do maybe a little convincing there. But don't forget, in that process, you're going to review analytics. You might need to test, like do A/B tests, whether it's title, thumbnail, description, whatever it might be, that uh, will help you and allow you. I'm going to just rearrange that just so you can see a little bit better. Uh, you can you want to make sure you're testing those things and make sure they're working, especially especially on externally facing things. If it's a it's a video that you're compelled compelling people to watch, it's compulsory. Is that the right word? Anyway, it's something that you're gonna make them watch. Maybe those A-B testing isn't as important, but something to consider. So, high level video, this is a workflow in general, but let's look at that video editing workflow. Uh, so, we're gonna dive in here a little bit deeper because I think it's really important that we stop and, and start thinking about this. So. Let's just talk about post production. We again, I mentioned we talked a couple of weeks ago about J cuts, L cuts, different types of cuts. This is a subset of the bigger post production work that you're going to do, just cutting, right? And and there's so it's that that is a really good episode to review if you're looking like how do you get better at video editing? So we're still going to we're going to stay a little bit broader this episode, but I want to talk about some of these things because I think it's uh, really really important. I'm going to check my notes here. Uh, one, Peter, hey Peter, thanks for joining us again. Do you use uh, streamboard for editing shortcuts? Uh, okay, Stream Deck is probably that, so um, maybe, we'll, maybe we'll dig into that, but uh, we'll, probably not as much of an important piece here of how you do it as much as are you doing it. Okay, so first things first, organizing your footage. If you're following the bigger workflow process that I just showed you guys, and let me go back to it here real quick, oh, wrong way. Gotta remember how to work PowerPoint. Okay, if we're if we're looking at this, right? If we're doing all this stuff up front, you know, you're going through all the you get all of this material together. It is super helpful to start organizing not only your footage, but all your materials so that you can find them again. Where's the script? Because that's a, a key reference point. Are there other things that you need to grab? Are you know, like we Andy Owen and I did an episode long, long, long time ago, and Andy is really a master at this, but you want to think about like project files, so maybe this is where you're saving like your Camtasia projects, things like that, so they're easy to find. Any recordings, footage, and you might have subfolders in here too, right? You might have one for screen recording, you might have one for the main footage, you might have one for B-roll. So if you're shooting camera footage and you've got B-roll, you might be organizing it that way. And it's helpful, it is helpful if you will label and sort as you go. It is helpful to label and organize these things as you go because if you're like, oh, I know that this is B-roll and it's a, maybe it's an exterior shot, you wanna know that. So you might do some quick kind of glancing at it, looking at it, and then, and going from there. Uh, your audio. So you might have multiple audio sources. Again, you can choose to use multiple folders. You don't have to you know, put your you know your vocal track, if you got spoken word or any audio that you need to sync, you might have music in there, s- sound effects, kind of depends on how involved your project is. Uh, but again, helpful to know exactly where it is. Graphics include images, maybe you've got some things that you've made that are uh, more kind of text based uh, graphics. You know, it just kind of depends, maybe intros, outros, maybe logos, things that you don't want to have to go. The The whole idea behind this particular step is save yourself time, because when you're in the video editing, cutting, trimming, the additive process of adding things, you don't want to break that flow if you don't have to. Editing video is very much, there. I think there's some prescriptive things, but there's an art and flow to it. And once you're in that process, what you don't want to do is break it and be like, Where is that Camtasia logo? Where did we put that? Where do I? And then then you get sidetracked into a tangent of looking for this stuff and maybe distracted from the key thing of focusing on editing. It is very much one of the things I think you just you want to be focused on that thing so that you can make progress. Otherwise, I think it gets a little choppy. It's hard to remember what you're doing, but maybe that's just me. Uh, Of course, documents, your scripts, anything else you might need. Uh, If you're working with other people, Perhaps you're working with actors or maybe you're doing interviews. This is where you can also store like permission documents, things that people say, yep, I can, it's okay for me to be in your video. And then of course, exports. If you're like me, you probably export more than once, like you do some stuff, export it. And then you can decide later on when you're cleaning up, do you need all those or you just need the final thing and save yourself some footage if you don't need all those kind of along the way uh, exports if you're doing that. So pretty easy. Next up is what I'm gonna just call the rough cut. And this is just a visual to help us kind of see what that might look like. I mean, you could, there's lots of ways you can do it. The rough cut is you're bringing in that footage. You've labeled it, probably, hopefully. You you know what it is. If you don't, that's okay. You're sorting through it. on And on your timeline, you're just really not worried about the minutia. Like, does do these two clips come together perfectly? You're just saying like, this is a part of the video I need and I need it to be about this long. We don't need this stuff. You're just kind of getting really quick edits, bringing it together so that when you're ready to, to really start piecing it together and making your final thing, it's like, okay, I've got the big parts there. It's like framing out a house, if you will. You know, it's like, okay, we, it needs to be close. We've got all this stuff, but the detailed work is to come. We're not putting on trim. We're not putting on drywall. We're not painting. We're just saying like, yep, this is all the pieces are there. We've got everything we need and then we can really start to assemble it better. But ideally in your rough cut, when you're putting, you know, you can start thinking about J cuts and L cuts and various cuts like that, but really what you want to start thinking about is like, you know, is this in the order it needs to be roughly? You know, it might be tweaks or might be changes. Are these the takes, especially if you're doing multiple takes, is this the one that I want? So I know when we've been filming stuff for the TechSmith Academy, oftentimes our video producers would have me uh, say things multiple times. In fact, our we had one particular project I remember, uh, it's all about screen recording. It's out on TechSmith Academy. We, I think I recorded most of the videos three to five times. And normally we do, you know, I'd, I'd start energetic like I am and we'd go and by the third one I'm like, oh my gosh, how can I say this again? And then usually we do a safety one word. And then the video producer, uh, he would say something like, yep, yeah, just, just, Go crazy, go crazy, be wild, be energetic, right? And then that gave us enough clips, enough things that we knew we could piece together good takes because sometimes I I mess up, I sneeze, I stumble on my words, whatever it might be. So again, rough cut, you're just putting these pieces together saying, yep, I want this one, I want this one, I want this one, I don't want these five, and then I want you know this piece for the end, whatever it might be. But you'll notice there's no, there's no, like, finesse here. It's just like, get them in the right order, get the rough pieces. You're going to have to do some more work, which then leads us to, you know, a fine cut. And again, this is just a visual. It's not a perfect one. But where you start to say, what cut am I going to am I going to use a J cut, L cut? Am I going to do these other things? How are are these pieces really going to flow together? And you're zooming in and you're saying, oh, man, I don't want this little thing here at the end. So you're going to trim that off or you're you're cutting stuff out in the middle. You're starting to add in, you know, your B-roll starting to add in so that your flow. Now, we're not talking effects. We're not talking transitions. We're not talking anything else. We're just talking the flow of the video is really in its hole. We haven't spiced it up any. We haven't added these other things. We've just said, this is really what we want. It's saying the thing I wanted to say at the time that I wanted to say, and it's showing just the right things. And so this is where, you know, it might seem repetitive and you could, as an alternative, you could do your kind of rough cut and fine cut together. Um, It depends on your project. If it's a super short project, I do that sometimes. If it's a bigger project, it's much better to go through rough cut, get all your, bits and pieces and then kind of trim it up. I think uh, to me, that's why it's a second pass. It also allows me to see and think, is this what I want? Because that's a big, that's gonna be a big question. Is this what my audience needs? Is this the right piece? Um, But we're gonna wanna, you're gonna wanna get that kind of finely tuned. That's why it's called the fine cut, right? It's like that very precise precision, how things are pieced together. It's also a really great time to make sure there's no gaps, nothing, you know, like you didn't miss Recording something and I've done this before where I've gone through a screen recording. I'm like, oh I need I need this still and then you have to make sure it's go back and get it get it sorted and put in So really again, this is the basics of the editing process in terms of like the footage Once we're at this point our footage footage is looking good. And this is a term uh, in terms of uh, my own leveling up as I was as out there, you know, I, I try, try to do research. I've got my own thoughts and ideas I bring to a topic like this. And I go and read to see what other people say. And if you're interested, there's lots of great blog posts out there about uh, video editing workflows, uh, ton, tons of ideas and suggestions, and I borrowed from them and I mix it in with my ideas. And I learned this term, it's called Picture Lock. And I'd not heard of Picture Lock before, but I liked it because at this point, Picture Lock says you're committing you as a creator are committing to not making changes unless absolutely needed to the flow of that video. So your, your main footage, your B-roll, whatever else you've put into the fine cut. Why is that important? Because this is also a really great time to work with your stakeholders as a video creator, assuming you have stakeholders that you, you know, whether it's a manager or whether it's a, whoever requested the video to go to them and say, and you have to explain this because they won't always get this. They say, okay, here's where we're at. Here is what we'd call a picture lock version. Um, you know, we haven't added X, Y, and Z, what we're going to talk about. Uh, visual effects, audio, it's th- this is still, you know, it's still pretty rough, but this is the message and we'll enhance it and do all- some other things to it. But this is the footage and the audio without, again, you're not going to sweeten that yet. This is the way it's going to look is this the right message? Did we hit the right beats? Did we convey the the key pieces of information? And hopefully they can see beyond it. You might have, you're going to have to tell them and you're going to have to work with them so that they're not like, well, that audio doesn't sound good. Or we haven't, you know, why don't we have a title in here? It's coming. (laughs) But because then if they say like, no, 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 we missed. What about this thing? We can say, oh, and then you can go back and look at your script, look at your your documents, your kind of your agreement documents with them. It's like, oh, I didn't realize that was there, or wasn't there, or or wow, it wasn't in our scripting process that you also reviewed. So it becomes and not to put it on them, but like it's a chance for them to review. It's a good step to say like, okay, we're close. Before you go a bunch of doing a bunch of other work, let me uh, let me share this experience. I was working at, on a project for TechSmith. And i not following this process. I was going through, I was editing, I was adding like animations and effects and stuff like that. And then something changed along the way, like a requirement, or I think I had to remove something or add something in that was new, that kind of late to the game in terms of a, one of our products with uh, probably a release video. And then all of a sudden, because I had to add in, guess what happens? All those animations, everything kind of past that point, got shifted and out of alignment. And I had to start over with those. I had to get rid of them It was it was literally easier to drop them and say, like, I'll just redo it than it was to try to tweak them and make everything work again. So the reason I have picture kind of this idea of picture lock in mind before these other things is because you're, once that, that your audio, again, without necessarily editing it for quality, you're editing what's being said, your visuals are on the timeline, your main footage, your B-roll, once that's set, you don't have to worry about having to go back and do that rework. And, and what I would say is if you had to do that rework ever, you know the pain because it's like you've lost an hour, three hours, five hours, depending on how complex it is. And so I like this idea of building in this, picture lock to and it's not locked if they your stakeholder comes back and says no 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 this needs to change fine but you don't have to redo all the other work so make sure you're dropping questions in the chat we got a few more things to go over um, but hopefully hopefully this is being this is helpful okay so we get past picture lock now visual effects what kind of visual effects are we talking about if you are a Camtasia user uh, or using other ones you might see this as transitions you might see this as animations um, y- you might have behaviors on there that make things move or spin you might you might do anything that's gonna be like kind of affecting motion movement uh, you know you've you've got some we'll talk about colors slightly different maybe you've got a spotlight on there you've got you've got all these things in here uh, that are going to affect the clips themselves. And this is why timing, that timing is really important, right? So this way you can say that is the timing of the clips. I know that like, oh, I need a transition that's going to do this and it's going to be this long and I'm not worried about that changing. So visual effects, you want to add those on there. Uh, You can see here, I just highlighted some of those things like an animation. I got a transition here. And again, your workflow, you do what you think makes sense. I think adding visual effects at this point is, is a key way to do it. Next up, audio post. And again, I've been trying to be clear here. Uh, this is not the editing of your like your narration. That should have been done part of the before the the picture lock. Because if narration's key, you want that to match up. This is much more doing things like adding emphasis. It's uh, adding like you can see here on these points that I've got. You know, on your waveform, you got ways to kind of like make it fade off. Uh, whether you can do that automatically with the transition or you can add it kind of manually dipping in and adding uh various points on the audio to lower it or raise it uh audio emphasizes the feature of camtasia super cool means that your voice if you put it on your voice track is going it's going to automatically minimize your music track when or other tr- audio tracks when it's not uh when there's like speaking, so it's super helpful. But you just want to go through and make sure that your audio is sounding good. Probably a great time to add music in if you haven't. Um, At some point, we we should probably do an episode about editing to music and using music in in videos. Um, There's some philosophies around there about editing to music, so choosing your music first and then building your video to that. In that case, you probably have your your music would be an audio lock, uh, picture lock beforehand. Uh, For a lot of things I've been doing lately, it's like, oh yeah, we should add some music there. I'm I'm adding it after. I like doing both. So kind of depends on what you're doing. But this again, you might also do noise reduction, any other kind of audio sweetening, cleaning up that you have uh, to do on your project. And that just depends, right? Some audio is really good. Some are not. So, uh, yeah. So I think just kind of think think through what makes sense to be in your audio. Got a question coming in. I want to make sure. I get to answer these as best as possible. Uh, So, Chris is asking ignoring time shooting or capturing screen using this workflow, what should a reasonably proficient person with Camtasia spend in making a 10 minute video? Thinking productivity and billing benchmarks are hard to find. Chris, it's hard to find. Absolutely. And I'm going to let me. I might have a guess, but it, it really just depends on how much of this stuff that you do. If you are not doing a lot in say visual effects, titles and graphics, even an audio post, I mean the time goes down. For TechSmith, I'm going I'll use TechSmith as a a kind of standard I, and I, I, this is a little bit older because I haven't been involved in our tutorial team uh, making the videos directly. And so, if Jason or Chandra or uh, Ryan H or is are watching, they can chime in and chat or send me a message, and we'll we'll guess. But um, I think we used to say they were spending about this is old about forty hours, so about a week's worth of work on one video. And I think that inclu- that included though their script writer, writing the shooting stuff. So. I think from an editing perspective, my guess is that cuts at least in half. And those are four to five minute videos. So, you know, if you say 20 20 hours now, again, these are super polished, lots of involvement. Um, But I know on the other hand, more recently, they have uh, been taking an approach where a little bit more off the cuff, left, less detailed scripting. Like Jason Vlada is a master at understanding and knowing the subject. He knows he is a subject matter expert. He is a master trainer for ATD. You know, through, or certified through ATD. He knows his stuff, and I know he can get his video creation down to you know a couple hours. So it's hard to find, Chris. It's hard to find that benchmark because it's so variable. It depends on all the other things that you're doing. Um, and ten minutes, again, it just like is it 10 minutes, but tons and tons and tons of stuff. So if you let us know in the chat, maybe we can break that down a little bit more, but I, you know, 10 minute video, gosh, it just so so much depends. Uh, I see uh, another Chris in the chat is saying, I used to say it takes me an hour of editing time for every minute of the finished product. I think that's a good benchmark done a few hundred cents and I can do a five minute tutorial in a couple hours. Yeah. Absolutely agree, Chris. I I think it really just it's hard because it it depends on how much you want to do. I have video projects like that. I've done that definitely I can spend for every minute produced. It's like 20 minutes. I've got some that I could spend an hour plus on per minute produced video. It it just depends. So the workflow isn't necessarily going to save you time in like the editing process, chopping up, adding stuff. But what it's going to do is hopefully save you from having to go back and fix problems and like if, you know, if you're doing stuff and you're like, oh no, now I got to change all this stuff because I did something, I added it too early and now I got to go back and make changes that affect it. That's when, um, when you get into kind of a, a rough spot. And I see you say, Chris, who asked the question, says the answer tells me to charge by the hour and not fix price project. I'm not, I'm not a consultant. Uh, so I can't, I can't say if that's good or bad. I think, uh, but yeah, be appropriate and understand that like every project. Is gonna can accordion. You can make it really short. Like I can record an eight minute video in eight minutes, and that could be good enough. But a ten minute video that's really highly edited might take me, you know, hours. You know, think about how long movies take to edit. So it's a it's a really tough question, um, to to get to. But thank you for that. That's a great it's a great question. So we talked uh, moving kind of forward. We talked about audio post production. Color is on this list and I've got mixed, I'm gonna have to say I've got mixed feelings about its placement and I'll tell you why. So color is not something you have to do for every video. If you are doing camera video, it can really, you You might wanna do some color correction or add some colors, um, but screen recording, you don't need to do color stuff usually. It's It's really, if you're working with camera video, and there's different ways to do color. I've got four examples here. The, the center one's really the the, the kind of control of my camera. I made it small just so you could see. The first one is I added an effect from Camtasia that does two tones. Uh, and the one next to it, the black and white one, I just literally kind of did remove color. So you could do, easy, it was pretty easy to do, but you have to make sure it's on every clip that you want it on. The bottom uh, lower corner, uh, sorry for those who are listening can't see, but I added what's called a LUT, L-U-T, LUT, or lookup table. It's in Camtasia. It's in a lot of video editing software as well. Uh, Little kind of files that you can add and it changes the color dynamics. Super easy to add, but again, make sure you add it to every file that video that needs it. And then the most complex one is I did a kind of more true color correction where basically I add a red, a blue, and a green. Uh, And you can see, I think it's, probably looks the best, it looks the most natural, but it requires, in Camtasia, it requires, you add the color, pick red, green, or blue, like 255 RGB color for one of the, one of those three, and then adjust the amount so it looks good. Then you make it, turn it into a group, you add the next color. So let's say we add red first and we add blue to the group, just that one clip, 255 so it's blue, adjust the intensity, make that a group, add it again, uh, and then you add like whatever color you didn't do. And it's a little bit of a hack. Some other programs that are much more suited or created for like movie video editing, they'll just have RG like a color correction, but it takes time and it takes time to get it right. It takes time to play with. Again, not every video is gonna need it. If you're just doing a webcam, maybe you don't do that. So before I move on though and talk a little bit more, uh, I wanna loop back to a comment from Jason Vlad, one of our awesome instructional designers. I think Jesse just deleted it. So maybe it's in the chat, uh, I missed it, but uh, it looked like he had a time for us. So maybe uh, we have an answer, but... Oh, there we go. Whew. It used to be one minute of finished video for one hour of editing. So one minute to one hour, like was said before, but they've made it easier, but it depends on the desired end state and how much polish they want to put in it. Hard to quantify without knowing type and end goal, skill, etc. So So, uh, Chris, I think going back to answer your question in a little bit more detail, that that one minute to one hour is usually a good ratio, um, but it just depends. You know, it really depends. We've got a lot of longer meeting recordings that never get edited, so it's like no, no time. So hope that helps. Oh, our good friend Troy says, if you're doing 20 second teaser demo, it's supposed to go onto YouTube, it could take you hours or days. Absolutely. If you're doing 10 minute casual walkthrough, it could be 20 minutes to edit it. Uh, it depends on spit and polish that you need. So yeah, again, uh, let me just go back with all this stuff, right? Whether it's, uh, you know, visual effects, audio post, color. If you're doing a full on like movie kind of style thing, it's a lot. Some Some things you can get away with that you can go faster. It just you have to know, know and appreciate like what you're getting into and how much you're going to try to do. So going back to color, though, I think, you know, again, you can do it at this point in the process. I will say one of the challenges with doing it now instead of earlier is that if you have lots and lots of little clips, you have to make sure it gets applied to every single clip that you need it on. Doing it earlier, say like in the rough cut or even during the fine cut process can be easier to apply. However, some video editors, and I've seen this with, and I'm not referring to Camtasia in this case, but some other video editors I've worked with, when I start doing all the color correction too early, it slowed my machine down a lot. And there's probably ways, things that I didn't know about that you could do to make it so like pre-render it or whatever. Uh, so just be mindful that some of the times when you do these things, it's okay to do earlier, but there might be performance consequences. Um, particularly if you're working with video in Camtasia and it's lots of camera video, which Camtasia's gotten really good at, which I'm really happy about, uh, there's what's called proxy video. And you just right click on the media bin, turn it into a proxy video, it makes working on the timeline really smooth. Basically it's saying like, hey, when you're working on the timeline, we're gonna give you a lower quality video to work with but when you produce it, it's gonna be the high quality that, that you recorded. So it's just making it a little bit more efficient. I, I love that, especially with the camera video, it gets a little bit heavy. All right, cool, cool, cool. So let's look at this last one. And again, there might be other things that you're thinking, well, what about this, Matt? What are, wh- When do I do this? This is just, again, we're taking the, you know, 200, 300 foot view. Uh, there's probably higher views. We looked at the, again, the editing kind of Minutia cutting a couple of weeks ago. So the last thing uh, I would recommend, and again you can you can change this based on your needs and your preferences, is once everything is set, it's now time to add the title and graphics. So this could be your lower thirds, and the reason maybe why you do it now is because at the end of the day, you, at this point, hopefully nothing's going to change, and so you can get the lower thirds in there. You can add these things on you, any other graphics now. If you are doing like uh, a kinetic text or text that moves around a lot, that would probably be much, much earlier in the process. This is much more the kind of final finishings, right? Like, uh, like you see here, I've got this lower third or maybe you've got this intro. And again, does it have to go at the end? Not necessarily. I, I think the, the question is, does it make sense for me? I think this makes sense. It's kind of the finishing touch. I know everything else is good in place. I know exactly how much time I have to have an intro, I know how much time I have for the lower thirds and things like that. And and there's lots of ways to do this and you know, you can get creative. Again, Camtasia for instance, has lots of these that are in the library. A lot of those are free ones or you can make your own. Um, but again, this is a place if you're animating something, you know, adding text is coming in, you don't want to have to mess, you don't want to mess with it once it's set. You're like, okay, that works. <laughs> it's perfect timing. And you got video that's something and video that's perfect timing, you try not to touch it. Uh, so this is, this again, high level overview of kind of just a process. And again, you could easily take and move most of these around and come out with great outcomes. What I hope it allows you to do though, is start thinking about what is the order that makes sense for you? What's going to allow you to not have to step back and say, "Oh, now I got to undo that"? Because I've been there so many times, and it's frustrating. It's you spend time, and it's like spinning your wheels. It's like might as well just throw this work out and start over. Um, and we don't want that. We want you to be successful at creating videos and going through a process that makes sense for you. Now, like I said, I you know I was looking at some blog posts, some videos, other people, and they change things around, like when video picture lock happens, or you know when they do the title and graphics, when they do the audio, there's not, this is a, a I, I like using an approach. It is one of multiple approaches. And ultimately, as you're working through this and you're leveling up, because that's what we wanna do, right? You're leveling up how you edit, you're leveling up how you record, you're leveling up the visuals that you have, you're leveling up your screen recording, making those smoother, better, whatever it is you're trying to do to be that superhero that's providing great information, helping people to use your software, communicating at work, whatever it is, we want you to think about like, how can I get more efficient? And if you're on here and you're saying, Matt, I am never gonna do uh, color. Cool, drop it. Or you're saying, I like my title and graphics in place because then once I have that, I know kind of my intro and I can go from there. Awesome. There is no right answer here. This is the art of the video edit. And you are the artist. You are the creative mastermind of whatever project that you're doing. And you're amazing. You have the capability to do whatever you need to do to get the job done. Now, practice it. Whatever you do, I don't, again, I don't care the order that you choose, but whatever you're doing, you need to start practicing. Build in those habits. Because to what Chris was saying, like how long is it gonna take? We can't say a good answer because I also don't know where Chris is at. And I'm sure Chris is awesome. But if you're brand new to this process, it's going to take you longer. If you've been editing as long as Troy Stein, who was the second answer there, who is our VP of customer success, who makes some wicked awesome videos, he's going to go faster. Jason Vlad is going to go faster. Andy Owen, our video productions person, is going to go faster. Matt Pierce. I'm kind of slow, honestly. (laughs) Like, I don't want to fool you guys. I don't want you to think like, oh, Matt doesn't know what he's talking about. I I know what I'm talking about, but I am not a fast video editor. I'm still learning how to get faster. And oftentimes I trade speed and efficiency, I guess you might say, for for clarity. So you're gonna make these trade-offs and you're gonna be doing these things. You're gonna be like, man, how can I get this better? And I think what you need to do is just kind of figure out for you what works well. You know, even even on the earlier process, like for live shows like this, I'm not scripted. I have not written a script for this. I've got some notes. I made a PowerPoint, but I'm not going to script this out. For a TechSmith Academy video, I'm probably going to script it out especially something that I want to get very precise on. And so you just have to know when to kind of ebb and flow on these decisions, you know, but coming up with a process that you can follow and it's it's kind of rote memory routine, like how do you, if you're using a camera, how are you getting your footage from your camera onto your computer and into the program that you're going to edit with? Have you thought about that process? Is there, are, is there a way to make that more efficient? Is there something that you can do to make sure that it's you know, as easy as possible. And so these are the kind of decisions you're gonna, as you're making this the year of your video, you start making. And let's just all be okay supporting each other. Someone's got an idea like, yeah, let's try it and, and find out how it works, share with each other. Is that working, is it not working? Your, your best practices are as good as my best practices. And we, as a community here at TechSmith, we wanna make sure that we're kind of all able to rise with the tides, you know, we're all getting better. The other thing is, if you you're doing something Every once in a while, whether it's your editing process, you know, your, your order, try something a little bit different. See if there's something better. This is, you know, this is not going to, it's not so serious that you can't explore a little bit. Now, be careful, you don't wanna try that in your big dollar project that you don't can't afford to mess up. But every once in a while, get in there and play. The key to video editing processes is learning to go in there and explore and see what works. And when it works, make notes of it. It's like, okay, yeah, that worked really, really well. Or I really liked how this came together, because then you can create creative, like, repeatable creative patterns. And I think a lot of good video editing is just that it is repeatable patterns. I mean, think about this is maybe more of a scripting example. But I think it works for the video editing too. think about like, uh, sitcoms. There are a million sitcoms about families, and they have some of the same dynamics, some of the same situations, you know, someone gets in trouble like this, some kind of troubled situation, someone's gotta bail them out and, you know, like they have these patterns that they repeat. Why? Because they work. With your video editing, you're gonna create patterns. I'm gonna do this type of cut here. I'm gonna do, you know, my audio is gonna swell here. It's gonna drop here, but it's gonna pull on the emotion. Completely different music, completely different subject, maybe but you're, again, creating these patterns, that repetitive process, so that you, as a creative genius is that you are, can easily make something over and over. Now, if you have an audience that you're consistently going to, and you know, if you're going out with a video, I don't know, three times, three, three videos a month for training and development purposes, you wanna be careful that you're not always doing the same thing, just because, If all the videos look the same, sound the same, feel the same, they get confused about which video it is. Like, it gets boring. We want to avoid some of the boring. We want to be exciting. We want our videos to grab attention. We want to give them the information that they need. That does not mean you need to be entertained, funny. Uh, It doesn't mean it needs to be a drama or a comedy. You want the video to be what it's about, but find ways to make it more kind of engaging, interesting. So. With that said, I I think, I think we've said everything I need to say. Uh, I'm gonna, Jesse, just so you know, I'm gonna drop here, and we'll put this in the show notes uh, forever, but there is a, the slide deck, if you guys want that, it's just a PDF, you can, you can go through and look at it. Uh, I see Dave Darrington said, repeatability, FTW, absolutely. It's, it's really the secret to getting good at most, I think most things, creatively like this, is finding the patterns, what can you use, and, and whether you're painting a picture, writing a script, writing a song, it's like, okay, how do I mix these things together in unique ways, but still keep the basis, right? Let's, uh, like, is it like every great rock song is like three chords, you know? Uh, I, I better not start naming rock, rock songs and bands, but like three chords, with three, three different chords, you can write a million songs. And with video, with like th- a few repeatable things, you can make a plethora of different types of videos and things that are gonna work in different ways. And, and every once in a while you, you just say, let's try something different. Let's add to the repertoire of our capabilities. And as you do that, I can promise you, you will find greater success in your video creation because you're not so worried about like, well, this one's gonna be 100% different. Don't do 100% different. Do 10%, 20% different and go from there. Because then, then, going to be set up for success and you can just keep changing out little things and make still have your videos be different you know different characters different cuts different kind of theme mode maybe different some different effects you know your graphics you want consistent so all right i'm i'm just going to hang out for just a couple seconds uh if there are questions things that you all want me to talk about we've got a little extra time today it's been a We'll just say it's been a busy week at TechSmith. I, I don't know about you. We plan every every ten weeks. Every ten weeks, we plan our week, our our work for about ten weeks. It's, it gets a little mushy, kind of fuzzy at the end. And today is a planning day, and there's two days, so two days of intense planning. You're catching me at, at end of day two planning. Whew, it's a lot. Uh, so, you know, hopefully, if you got ideas, suggestions, topics that you want us to talk about on the Visual Lounge, email me. The Visual Lounge at TechSmith.com. You can always tag us at TechSmith on social media. Um, uh, is, love my text says, "Good job, Matt. Thank you. Like the new backdrop." And what is your shotgun mic? So yeah, guys, you know, this is me taking this my my conversation about leveling up serious for 2022. Look, we got new backdrop. We got new lights. We gotta do an episode on lights. I I got four lights now and we can change the color on two of them, two of them are are, are forward facing. uh, So it's awesome. Uh, Shotgun mic. Great question. Audio is always a great thing. Uh, You know what? Let me grab. I've got a document that I'll just try to grab real quick and give it to Jesse that basically goes through a bunch of gear that we use. It lists rather than me trying to read what the microphone is. uh, We'll just drop this in here. We actually did an episode in December that talked about about gear and we mentioned some of the microphones and stuff like that. So it's just a little site I built for myself to keep track of some of the things that I like for gear. But again, if you're leveling up, gear gear is one of them. All right. Hey, uh, watching some uh, other comments come through. Background is amazing. Thank you, other law professor says, very helpful. I've been hanging out here every Thursday for a while and uh, I'll be here every chance I get. Uh, you are welcome. I- Oh, thank you for your. I we've we've gotten a few messages come through, uh, and I just let me just say thank you. Uh, you know when we we have a, a Slack channel internally, we post like good things like how are how are we helping you all, and we saw some comments come through and we posted uh, about the Visual Lounge and uh, you know got some kudos from our CEO, so that's always a good thing. So we're excited about continuing to help you. So let me let me end there. I'm not seeing any uh, questions coming through. But let me just say this, next week, we had to reschedule Andrew Kahn a couple weeks ago. Uh, he will be here next week. We're gonna be talking about his journey in video creation. He is an awesome creator, um, got his own channel. He, he works for a company we're not gonna mention, but uh, he's got some clout there, but also has been a, a video creator. He is gonna be awesome. So we'll see him next week. Always got some more great guests coming in into the wings. Uh, that are coming up. So with that said, we're grateful for all of you tuning in every single week, listening to the podcast, watching the video if you're on YouTube and LinkedIn. And with that said, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, whether you're making images or videos, we hope that you take a little time to level up every day. We'll see you guys next time.